2: Again, fellow basement dwellers, this is your good friend, Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. We are very excited on the bandwagon today, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network on the chairshot.com. As we are finishing up Loki with a Kang, not a bang, but with a Kang, we have our good friend, PC Tunney, along with... Christopher Platt today as David Ongar in his infinite wisdom chose Disneyland over the bandwagon.
3: What a crock of uh, shit. It,
2: it is a crock of shit. Uh, and uh, and we are without we are without Ray Cash as well today. He is tenants' family stuff. So it is the three of us. We we were I, I said this on, on the Twitter. What do you do when a member of the bandwagon can't make it to the show for a recording? you throw up the Platt signal. And so we got Christopher Platt asked and answered. Welcome back, Mr. Platt.
4: Where is it? You wouldn't leave it with an ordinary sister. <laughs> Greetings and citations, ladies and gentlemen. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Nobody remembers that from The Dark Knight Rises at all. When oh, Bane I, and Batman were fighting at the
2: end. Right over our heads, man.
4: We'll we'll thank you all and you can all kiss my ass. But <laughs> thanks it, for I'm coming on the show, Platt. We'll see you next week. Hey, Christopher Platt, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey,
2: no, no, I greatly appreciate that you uh you answered the call, sir. Like I, I love we threw up the signal. I in fact, I named the show, send up the platt signal. Like I named the show for you today.
4: I appreciate that, man. And all jokes aside, I always yeah. have a ball every time I come on here. So thanks for having me. Seriously. And all jokes aside. Shut up, Tony. All Shut jokes, up, Tony. No, oh, this
3: is serious, though. Like, all jokes aside, every Chairshot Radio Network show that's had Platt on as a guest and then named the episode after Platt has done not as well as they usually do in the ratings. So I, you might want to. <laughs> I. This is all mean, joking. This is science. This is a, this a
2: fact. <laughs> Mm. I mean, that that is a good point, because I had like, you know, pulling the curtain back. We record this on Sunday before the Monday pops up. Um, I, I could still change it.
4: So y'all y'all really going to invite me on and then criticize my drawing power? That's how we're going to start this show? So We're just going to be contentious now. I'm so huh? just That's being honest. Well, you,
2: know? Know. <laughs> you might not be the guy, brother. I'm just saying.
4: <laughs> oh, Uh oh, oh, boy. All right, Odin Kirk
2: hey I, I i don't speak ebonics um and i don't clearly. Like, what clearly. does it mean if you're thick again is that what you explain? <laughs> it was fine uh, fine yes i'm sorry inside jokes the audience doesn't know this is this is the this is the the tete-a-tete between myself and Mr. Platt, Anyway, we we have a fun show today. We're going to talk about Loki episode six, the end of the first season, which we now know is the first season. And we will be getting more Loki. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And then we're going to talk about July 23rd, Friday. Because Friday, in the land of like nerds, Friday is busy. There are movies premiering there are shows premiering on streaming services and there's a little convention happening over on the west coast known as san diego comic-con that we haven't even talked about but is like the biggest weekend in all of nerddom and so we're going to talk a little bit about san diego comic-con because it's it's a moral imperative that the bandwagon nerds talk about comic-con like that's just our job
3: yeah i i would agree
2: like yeah there this isn't nom there are rules so but before we get to that we'll wrap the show up on that we're gonna jump in and cue the marvel music and we're gonna talk a little low-key so let's hit it All right. I'm going to get this out of the way real quick. A very consequential sixth episode of Loki, but I liked episode five better. Uh, this episode was a, an exposition-loaded episode, and, and we get a revelation of to who has been pulling the strings of the TVA. We get one final confrontation between loki and sylvie and depending on your point of view i asked the question last week was loki going to get played and he kind of got played a little bit uh as sylvie makes the decision to kill kang but not kang uh and we'll get into that a little bit as it was he who remains what was the was the title and the moniker that was given there uh but a lot of like you walked out of that episode, and we're going to talk about this. So much to happen now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in so many different directions. Before we, like, really dive into the episode itself, though, just a quick once around the room. Mr. Platt, I'll start with you. Overarching thoughts of the final episode of Season 1 of Loki. Patrick. Tony.
4: Jonathan. Fucking majors! I love Jonathan Majors. He's my favorite young actor. I love everything I've seen him in. He knocked it out the park, and gentlemen, this was no exception because it was very him-centric this entire episode. And in the hands of a lesser actor, it could have came across as very boring and mundane, but. Just everything he did with this character and just the range of emotions that he, has, he displayed during this whole episode, man. He went from supremely confident and arrogant to annoyed. And then he he mocked the low keys with that Fox British accent to you know uncertainty, to being scared, to ultimately being resolute about his fate. And I'm probably missing some layers that he added and some emotions that he emoted during that whole episode as well. This was an awesome performance by him. I really like the choice of him eating the apple because metaphorically, I thought it was so apropos because he was chewing the scenery in the time that he had on screen. So I, I just wanted to give him props, man. That's my overarching theme or takeaway from this particular episode. Uh, real quick, man, if I could just give just a quick divergence if, if you gentlemen don't mind. I, I've been having this idea in my head since I watched this show about how we can get Jonathan Majors to the next level. So let me ask you guys, what do you think about this? We do a first blood reboot with Jonathan Majors as the Rambo character. We bring in Kevin Costner as the colonel. I don't remember the colonel's name because I haven't seen that movie in so long, but y'all know who I'm talking about. And then you bring in Ben Affleck in the Brian Dennehy role as the small town sheriff that gets into the pissing contest with Rambo. And you know, and, and you can make it okay, Rambo is a veteran of the Iraqi slash Afghanistan wars. And then you can also play on the uh, the racial element as well, just to make it more contemporary. But just that Blueprint and outline of that movie. You're telling me y'all wouldn't be interested in seeing that? What y'all think? Yes, no, maybe
2: so. I mean, I'd watch that movie. I never I, really I liked
3: Rambo it's... to begin with. Wow. Or Top really? or whatever else
2: you want to fucking boring ass. The movie. original Rambo, the original Rambo is such a great commentary on post traumatic, like stress from war, and like it's. It's phenomenal. It's all downhill from there. When they were like, "Fuck the like deeper meaning of war," just have him go shoot a bunch of yellow people as they or brown say, people in the last couple, yeah. <laughs> right. But but the first one like that movie is like that's like Stallone was such a better actor than people give him credit for because yes. of what he became in the eighties. Um, but no, I think that that is a like that's a hell of an idea, Chris. You should write that um write that script and then get Stallone to buy it because he's going to have to produce it because it's that's that's his film so um but you're right Jonathan Majors is phenomenal I loved him in Lovecraft Country I don't know if you ever watched that if you ever got around to seeing that remember back when we were going to do remember we were going to do a whole like back and forth on Lovecraft Country and then like we never did
4: that's on me, man, because I fucked that up. Number one, I had just bought a condo. I was moving in. We were having some issues with because we had, we had to get some renovations done. It was just a lot going on. I did finally go back and watch it. He's phenomenal in that. I loved him in The Five Bloods. Hell, I even loved him in The Last Black Man in San Francisco, even though that script kind of left a lot to be desired, but he was phenomenal in that. I just love this man as an actor right now, and I want him to get all the roles, each and every well, one think- of them.
2: And I'm going to turn this over to Tony in a second, but I think that you are going to see he is going to be Marvel in, in, in a big way. And I, he's, I think he is on the verge of an explosion in, in his career, because I think that this character and just the possibilities of what can happen is going to be huge Tony, I want to turn it over to you. Your thoughts, just your general thoughts of this episode and and what you thought of the the finale of season one of Loki. I
3: mean, is it okay that I'm 75 percent sad that there's a second season and 25 percent happy? Like I was kind of looking to a little bit of resolution or a little bit of a pointing uh, arc. And and instead, we get more guessing like we've had Um, where what where does season two fall in, in the timeline? What what did we just connect to? And we're gonna get into all that. But just sticking to the series, um, overall the first season, excellent, excellent. I I would, I I'd put it right up there with Wandavision. I thought Wandavision was so fucking clever. Um, and and right. and uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier was excellent as well. So don't don't come at me and and you know if you got problems that I don't have it up on par with those two, you, you can holler at me at it, it's me DPP. Um, but I, I'm, I'm all for whatever gives us more Loki and, and that's kind of the end realization I had on it. I, I, what Tom Huddlestone, right? Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Uh, he's phenomenal. And in that, in that character, he, it's been a long time since there has been someone that's so clearly a villain, but you just kind of love him regardless and want to see him win, you know? So it was a was an excellent show i think five was a little more fun than six episode six but i think once you grasp your head around where we're going um yeah just a well 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 done six part series
2: right and that kind of and that's a perfect little segue into this next part because we have been talking about the person behind the tva and the one who's pulling all the strings Hey, myself in particular, I've been carrying the banner of Kang and the Conqueror. I'm like, it's gonna be Kang, it's gonna be Kang. We get the Castle Reveal, I'm like, definitely Kang, definitely Kang. And I'm fifty percent right. Because wow. it's Kang, but it's not Kang. Because it's a variant of Kang the Conqueror, and this is by the director's own admission, by the way. This is she has said this in an interview. He who remains is a variant of Kang the Conqueror known as Amortis. And his sec and the second, sh- they she said that. I went back and I was like, "Well, shit, it is mortis because Amortis's whole thing in the comics is pruning timelines to to meet what he needs." And I was like, "This is so obvious." And and Amortis is much less like Amortis isn't a conqueror in the sense of like. You know, like this Manifest Destiny sort of character that Kang is that that we get. So it was just, it was mind-blowing to me that I missed it and didn't even think about it. But there he is. And it was, you know, I was like, God. He like, clap. Well but, done. But at the same time, you
3: could be also right. Because at the end of the episode, when Loki gets pruned or moved back into its completely different timeline... There's only one person controlling the TVA, and and that's, that's a, a variant of Kang, right? And who knows, that could be Kang the Conqueror. So TBD on yeah. your incorrectness or correctness there. But we can right. say that's, that's with 100% extreme. affirmity and affirmation that Dave the Lawyer Ungar, Big Dave, with that aggressive attitude was oh so wrong.
2: <laughs> right.
4: Did did anybody else get Planet of the Apes vibes during this episode? I... Not the originals with Charlton Heston or the remakes with James Franco and Caesar, but the 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 what was it, the O one one that came out with Mark Wahlberg? Where he I, yeah. gets off the planet and then he flies back to America or back to Earth and
3: I you yeah. could have stopped at Planet of the Apes. I was agreeing with you there okay. already. Um I actually read a few different <laughs> reviews that he's I'm I'm over here nodding my head and he's like giving us five more things about it. I'm like, No, I agree already. I'm like talking no talking to you. He's like I hey, you don't understand you don't understand though. I'm like, but I already agree. Um
4: Yes. I wasn't talking I to you, I was talking to the listeners in case they hadn't seen the Mark Wahlberg iteration of Planet of the Apes, but continue, Tony.
3: No, I want to hear more about the. No, I, I just, I was just agreeing with you. I did read a bunch of things that said that it did give off that vibe, especially towards the end, Patrick.
2: Well, the statue moment, right? Like I know you said not the Charlton Heston one, but like it, like both of those films that you just described there, with the Mark Wahlberg and the Charlton Heston one, the original one, they come across across monoliths that tell you where they are or what's happened. And in the Mark Wahlberg version, he comes upon earth where apes have taken over and it's the, it's the Lincoln Memorial that he sees. And it's an ape Abraham Lincoln instead of Abraham Lincoln. And then of course the Statue of Liberty and the Charleston, Charlton Heston version. Uh, and in this one, like that that statue, as you described it, Tony, definitely gives me a Kang the Conqueror kind of vibe. Just that, like, there's like he's wearing like um, some sort of net, and not a necklace, but it's like the top piece of whatever his shirt is. Like, has a very similar look to the comic book character. He's not going to be this ridiculous purple faced character in the in the m- movies. I, I just don't think that's what they're going to go with. But yeah, I I think we are. We are Team Kang the Conqueror moving forward on that, and it's it's going to be something to behold. Um, and then that's going to, like I said, we know Kang the Conqueror is the bad guy in the next Ant Man movie, Ant Man: Quantum Mania. But I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the order here and talk about what happens now. He's he's clearly a part of the TVA. And how many branch realities is he fucking with?
4: That's the thing, man, because we've heard all of these rumors and speculation about the next iteration of Marvel movies. We know Doctor Strange is going to dabble in the multiverse. We've heard rumors that Spider-Man is going to dabble in the multiverse. I mean, there's infinite possibilities, man. I have no idea what's going to come next, and that's part of the beauty of this mcu universe well that's redundant mcu universe but y'all know what i'm trying to say that's what's great about this man because we don't know what's happening next and i'm just here strapped in got my seatbelt on and i'm along for the ride wherever they want to go they've built up enough cachet with me and goodwill that i trust the choices that they make you know is that on like the Stuart
3: scott side of the game the department of redundancy department right (laughs) that's right Uh, folks I'm as cool as the other side of the pillow I
2: wonder wonder if this series and it's finale if they're going to try to connect it in any way with what if because that's the next Marvel show and we talked about it when we talked about the trailer either last week or the week before that and, and Tony brought this up this is a show the what if show is going to lend itself to multiple seasons just because the possibilities are endless the end of this season the, everything's on the table for the marvel cinematic universe dead villains can come back like you say you're pissed off at how and i don't know why you would be pissed off about like how whiplash fucking died in iron man 2 guess what he could come back um killmonger everybody loved michael b jordan in in black panther he is on the table in some way shape or form now because you have branch realities everywhere sonny i I saw you
3: yeah a slight sidestep though i can't wait for the what if series because i know chadwick did some work on that before um before he transitioned as well so there's just some cool stuff there but Yeah, I mean, it's all what is next. It's all different, right? Like, Mobius doesn't even know Loki. Oh, you work here, right? Like, I mean, that was at the end of the episode. It's like complete and total different everything, which how many seasons can you get out of it with Loki, actually? How many different, uh, how, how many of the movies coming out can you use Loki, the Disney series, to introduce that is the biggest question in my opinion because obviously we know where we're going next and what we just what, what we just saw right we know this is dr strange right? right so yeah i it's, <laughs> as much as i wanted that as i was disappointed right away that it's like oh they didn't give me what i wanted they gave me even more plat.
4: so are are either of you gentlemen familiar with alan Sepinwall? seppenwall He's Make a uh, tele- yeah he's a television critic. I I I love the guy. I really do. I think he's a a brilliant television critic and writer. But I I was reading his uh review of the season finale of Loki and he brought up a point. He said that he had been critical on some of the other Marvel television or not non-Marvel movie entities. You know, particularly the 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 ones that we've had, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. And he was saying that he felt like they weren't able to stick the landing because they were so tied to the movie properties that they 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 wanted to continue the movie storylines at the peril of creating a good show or a coherent show or a show that was able to stick the landing in its finales. And, you know, I understood what he was saying, man, but I actually feel the exact opposite about that. I like that these shows have ties to the movies and are setting up the next generation of Marvel movies. What are we on? Phase five now, I believe. Whatever it is. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. And I think that in the past, some of the reasons that some of those Marvel properties didn't connect, i.e. Agent Carter or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Luke Cage or, you know, there's some other ones we could name as well. I feel like one of the reasons why those properties didn't last is because there was no tie-in. There was no end game, and they didn't really connect to the overall cinematic universe. So I like the fact that these shows that they put on this past year, they connect in that cinematic universe. And we're basically just setting up the chess pieces on the board to where we're going.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I... Yeah, I, I can't wait. I'm very excited. I can't wait to see what happens. And Now, you guys are also leaving out a movie. We're talking about Doctor Strange. Spider-Man is also going to be dealing with multiverses, like the title, everything that they're teasing with it. He And he's in December. He's after Doctor Strange. And it's already been said, Doctor Strange is in the next Spider-Man movie as well. So. Let's look at Benedict Cumberbatch's dance card because it's getting full. He's going to be a busy, busy man. I want to talk about one last thing before we move into our first commercial break and, and then start talking uh, about some other stuff. I, so, I
4: did bring up Spider-Man, by the way, so nice to know you're listening to me when I talk. That's cool.
2: Whatever bitch boy, it's fine. Um, I, I still love you, Platt. Um, and sure, I wasn't listening. Uh <laughs> Uh, Don't whoa. apologize, man. Hey. It's better with yeah. Patrick. Tone. <laughs> welcome to my world. There you go. Welcome to my world. I, I, nobody I,
4: listening to me. I'm thinking I'm saying some intelligent, smart ass shit, and then nobody's listening. Well,
2: well that's what you that's, get for that's thinking. That's your that's your hint. Um, there you go. So I wrote this in the rundown. I called it Sylvie with the heel turn, going a little, uh, going a little wrestling, wrestling lingo, Tony. I see you kind of hemming it on. Was it a heel turn? Yeah. Or was it just who she was? I, no, it was just, that's, that's Loki.
3: Loki's out for themselves. And who to say that what our Loki was going to do was good for anybody else but himself. He wanted to rule. That was, he finally got it. He finally got to have some control over something that was so important to him. Right. And he never right. had that control. Never had it. She had it the whole time.
4: Plat. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it was a heel turn per se, because I mean her entire life was leading up to that moment. That was her life's purpose. Ever since she got pulled out and pruned or whatever the fuck. That was her entire life's purpose. And it's funny because it kinda it kinda gave me Wizard of Oz vibes a little bit. You know what I mean? Once you got a peek behind the curtain and saw, okay, this is what it's been this whole time. So I don't think she necessarily wanted to kill the Jonathan Majors character, but that was literally her life's purpose. And she had no choice at that point than to play it out and see what happens. Like, she has no purpose. And I, and, I, and I think she got that too. Like, okay, she has no purpose, but this was my purpose. So I have to carry this out because this has been my entire life. You know, I, I'm hoping what I'm saying makes some sort of sense.
2: It, it does make sense. Sophia DiMartino, by the way, should get a lot of credit for her work and her portrayal of Sylvia as well. Because we, you have to really, you know, you talked about this. You look at her roots as a character, she starts like she's abducted as a child. She never lived her life. Everything that she, all of her hopes, everything that she could have aspired to was taken from her by the TVA. And this guy is the guy who took it from her. So I think she truly, like she and Loki, like I think she truly loved him, like herself, if you will. I also think that she was very clear in what she said when she said, I'm not you. And that that, that she was going to, see to her destiny for lack of a better way to, to describe it and that was to end the one who ended her because that's that's what it was a lost opportunity and you know we're talking about what happens next with Loki. She got a tablet and disappeared like we don't know where she is at the end of the series. Is she gonna be in Loki season two? Is she gonna be off in her own world? Is she gonna be doing her own thing? I don't know, but I'm here for it. she
4: going to be in one of these movies? I right? was literally about to ask you guys that. Do you think she is going to factor into any of these movies?
2: She could. She could factor into, I mean, she could factor in as early as Doctor Strange, I think. I don't think she's going to show up in the Eternals. Uh, I don't know what to expect out of the Eternals movie. Like That that yeah. one is, is shrouded in mystery, and uh, even the trailer doesn't tell I am you anything.
3: I am super looking forward to that, especially the cast they put together there.
2: Right, it's a it's a dope cast, but like I don't have any idea what that's going to be. It's going to be super cosmic. It's going to be crazy. Again, could involve Doctor Strange. Uh, it seems like everything could involve Doctor Strange moving forward, but Sylvie. You know, I think logic tells you she's going to be here for Loki 2, season 2. But she could show up in Thor, Love and Thunder. She could show up in Spider-Man. She could show up in Multiverse of Madness. Because she's now officially, she's another wild card. And that, I think, and I want each of you to do just kind of a sum up on your thoughts of this show. If I were to sum this up, we ended on a wild card. Somebody drew a Joker and has pulled that out. And the possibilities... Like I said, it's like we opened up the entire pantheon of the history of Marvel Comics and have made it possible. And that is exciting and frightening all at the same time. Plat.
4: Shout out to the Loki that we do coming into this because while I don't necessarily think that Sylvie made a heel turn, our Loki definitely made a face turn. And he, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think it's, it's debatable. He really did. He... Thought he was trying to do what he thought was best for the greater good by the end of this, and he did have some sort of revelation. Him and Owen Wilson, that connection, we clearly see that that was genuine. You know, even though we it, it was kind of touch and go throughout the series, we didn't know they were kind of both playing each other, but you could kind of see that there was a respect there, and ultimately right. it did lead to admiration, which ultimately led into friendship. But I think that was all confirmed by this, uh, by this last episode. So, shout out to him and. Are they setting up Benjamin Cumberbatch, who is a phenomenal actor, to play so the new... Nick
2: Cumberbatch, he's really good, too. Shut up. But are they setting
4: him up to be the new Robert Downey Jr. in this universe? Because there's got to be a head of the table, man. You know what I mean? So are they setting him up for that?
2: I, I mean, I think he's going
4: to I think it's going to be
3: Spider-Man.
2: See, but that depends on Sony, right? Like, and I, and I think that Sony will still like keep the relationship, but they're also dumb douchebags sometimes about that property. Like, it would make sense though, like faking
3: over, like you know, Tony Stark and the relationship he had, and now Spider-Man grows up and like right. takes the mantle, and oh wow, you know, that kind of like that, the, the unexpected leader where everybody's like, okay, didn't expect that, but yeah, let's go, you know.
4: It yeah. makes sense, man, but I can also see Disney slash Marvel kind of hedging their bets because they had already gotten to a dick-measuring contest with Sony previously. So- Cooler heads obviously prevailed, but, you know.
3: So, Pat, Platt, you say it's Doctor Strange. I would say if they can work it out, Spider-Man, I don't know, maybe, like, like if they can't work it out if it, and it's not Doctor Strange, who else is it?
2: Maybe we haven't seen him yet. That's the other thing is... Because I would have argued before he passed it was going to be Black Panther. But could, um, it, I,
3: could it be the new – could it be Captain America?
2: Could it be Falcon? It could be Sam. But Sam, I think Sam is going to be very solidly in this – like, he, he, when you look at this, the dynamic, it was always like there was two. Right? Hey. You had Captain America as the one. He, he's like – he's the field leader. Like, he's the guy that everybody looks to in the time of, like, crazy crisis. Tony Stark was like the grander plan planner, sort of like, what was it? Thanos says he's burdened with knowledge. And that's where I do think there's an argument for Doctor Strange. And I think, again, to use another wrestling term, they got to get him over. They got to get him over as that burdened with knowledge character. So I think a lot hinges on Multiverse of Madness. And in particular, not so much Benedict Cumberbatch, but Sam Raimi the director of that movie uh, he's the one who's gonna who's gonna really put that piece together because dr strange is the one who's gonna know everything and be a part of it. the other person i could see if they're really gonna bring them in is maybe reed richards with the fantastic four but that they that's so far down the road that i don't i don't know
3: that seems like a uh placeholder for the torch being passed to them at the end of all these phases right like like they take the fan they finally get the fantastic four right and what are we what are we currently on four they got five and six kind of planned out like the fantastic four takes you into stage seven or whatever or
4: post stage mcu so i remember probably I don't know if it was two years ago, but it was prior to Chadwick's transition. I came on these very airwaves and I said that I, I felt like moving forward, the three pole characters for the MCU were going to be Spider Man, it was going to be Captain Marvel, and it was going to be Black Panther. Obviously, cards subject to change, brother. And you know, I'm I'm trying to be I'm trying to be witty and and entertaining in a podcast lane. I you know if it came across harsh or curt. You know, I'm not trying to discredit anything Chadwick did or the fact that he's not here anymore. So please don't don't take it like that. I'm just trying to be cute. But yeah, at this point in time, ma'am, I think they're scrambling, trying to figure it out. And Doctor Strange makes a lot of sense, especially as we start to introduce these multiverses into the ether of the MCU. It makes a lot of sense. And he and Tony, they're basically the same guy. You know, they're the smartest guy in the room. But they're super arrogant because they always know they're the smartest guy in the room, and it tends to rub people the wrong way. I mean, there there's parallels there, so I could see one, them kind of elevating one that with character.
2: but yeah, I, I, I hear yeah. you. Yeah, like they just their their vehicle is a little bit different. Final thoughts before before we move into commercial break, Tony, you got anything else that you'd like to say?
3: Another great series from Disney Plus. Can't wait for everything that's coming MCU. How about a how about a long shot for that next leader, Quill?
2: That yeah, really cool. shit. Platt. Final happy. thoughts on Loki.
4: I'm happy we have more Loki in our lives. I, I wasn't ready to say goodbye to this character. I, I really enjoy it, and I'm glad it's coming back for season two.
2: That character is going to be around as long as Tom Hiddleston wants to play it, and so I think that as, until he's until he says he's done, we're not done. So there you go. That'll close the book on our Disney Plus series. We're actually going to go in a little bit of a different direction uh, with our series overviews. And starting next week, uh, Tony, I hope you remember this, but we are going to move into music. We've been talking about music a lot uh, off show. Uh, We're going to actually bring it to show and we're going to review the Netflix series This Is Pop in episode one uh on netflix next week so very excited to jump into that and hear your guys' thoughts as i will sadly not be there but um excited to kind of take things in a new direction uh and do some different parts of popular culture that we haven't really touched before
3: yeah it's gonna and, be I great stayed, that, it, that's, yeah it's <laughs> my bad there no it's gonna be excellent i'm looking forward to an adding another lane uh to the bandwagon nerd show i think it would be appropriate for if people haven't already listened to this morning's chair shot radio to give a listen to a brand new venture that you and Dave started.
2: Yeah, I'm very excited. I was going to talk about that too, a little bit, um, at the end of the show, but yeah, we started. (laughs) No, no, no worries. Um, but we're gonna talk. Yeah, we're gonna talk. We started talking music on Chairshot Radio during the NHL offseason to kind of change things up a little bit, uh, and it actually will pertain to Patrick O'Dowd has a question today. So very excited about that. With that said, we're gonna take a quick commercial break uh, and talk about July 23rd when we come back. So stay tuned. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com.
0: This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com.
4: Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.
2: All right. Welcome back, everyone. We are going to dive right in. We're not going to the trailer uh park today kind well we're kind of sort of um well we're going to talk about july 23rd because this friday is a busy day and don't worry i'll, I'll get to the pro wrestling teas ad for the second commercial break
3: tony i got i got you we'll just have chris I, do it
2: chris christopher platt before we hey, real, real quickly do a quick plug for pro wrestling com. god Make damn
4: it awesome. i told y'all i've been drinking why why
2: why just but you. Plug. just a quick plug
4: all right fair enough we're in the midst of the summertime you've got to update your wardrobe you need some t-shirts the best way to do it is to support more, is to support your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude because you're smarter than the average fan. That's why you're here. So make sure y'all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chairshot t shirt. We've got something for everyone. All you have to do is peruse ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. And by perusing ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, I guarantee you. That by going to prowrestanties.com forward slash the chair shot, you are going to find something that you absolutely love and you wear it outside, you're going to get over like Rover. I guarantee you, Red Rover, Red Rover, you're going to get over. Prowrestanties.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. And you're supporting the movement because remember, folks, the chair we're not just a website, we're a movement.
3: Way to make it quick, buddy. That was well.
2: Yeah, I'm a little worried if I'd ask for the full version. It's like um, hey, hey head on over my, to Pro dot
3: com board slash the chair shot. Makes a great gift as well. Use your head.
2: There. Mine so, was
4: better though. Mine was better. Was it?
2: Uh all right. I don't know. So we'll as I was saying July twenty third. We're we're gonna jump into July twenty third now, gentlemen. Uh we fade paid the bills. Uh July 23rd is is kind of a busy day and and we're doing kind of a variation of the trailer park. So our post-production, um, isn't here. You're not going to get any banjo music today, but we've talked about three of the four shows on here on some way, shape in some way, shape or form. I did give the trailers back to Tony and, um, Platt so that they could review them, get back to them. And I'm going to start a little out of order because I want to talk about the one that interests me the least. And since this is all about me on the bandwagon at this point... Uh, oh,
4: look at you, diva diva. Get a burrito, right. huh?
2: You all know where your bread is buttered on this show. It's right here with me. And we're going to talk about uh, a director who is either hit in a big way or miss in a big way. And that is M. Night Shyamalan. His newest feature is hitting theaters this Friday. And it's simply titled Old. The premise is a family looks to be on vacation uh, on an island getaway on this beach. And everybody starts rapidly aging and nobody knows why. Does everybody start rapidly aging or is it just the kids? I don't know. That's the thing is because it does seem like the adults see like their their kids come up to them as teenagers and yeah it seemed to be the same um because part of the trailer
3: it says they i don't they don't show it but you hear someone say no kids on the
2: beach right there is that they also find a body that decays rapidly At one point, too, which is the other thing that's kind of strange. Like, it starts as dead, and it goes into, like, completely desiccated and nothing but bones.
3: But that's where I think the kids are going, right? Like, we see the kid who's maybe, like, six, seven, eight, and all of a sudden he's, what, 18, 19 or something, uh, you know, a couple hours later. What, it's like a half an hour is a year of your life, apparently, was what I heard on there. So, I don't know. I think I got it figured out already, but that's probably best going in and get yourself surprised. I've been a fan of a few of his movies. Um, I think it's a lot better, more thriller suspense than horror, if you will. Um, even right. Though, even though you can classify it there, but I,
4: I, I'm actually looking forward to
2: it. Plot, what about you? What did you think of that?
4: I'm not going to lie. I, I did kind of roll my eyes when I saw the name in Night Shyamalan come across my screen. I, I don't think I have the same vitriol for him as a lot of other people do. I, I, I you know, is he a one-trick pony? Okay, maybe, but I-, I thought like movies, for example, like Signs and and The Village. I I liked them a lot better than oh, apparently other films. people did. Oh, I- I I- the Village
2: was all right,
4: man. It wasn't horrible.
2: It was I- it all was- right. Uh, uh, I mean, it's better than Lady in the Water. That one was, well, just yeah. Dumb The dude, like the dude who's only exercising one arm. Like, (laughs) why is that even a thing? Are you... What are we talking about? Are you talking about Homer Simpson
3: at the bar only exercising one arm?
2: Basically. Uh, Or what was the other one? The happening. The happening where, like, nature drives people crazy and makes them suicidal. And and Mark Wahlberg is trying to be a scientist. Like, and he's just, (laughs) like... He was so bad at it. I'm sorry. Like, and I, I appreciate Mark, like go watch the departed. If you want to go see a good Mark Wahlberg portrayal, he was not good at it. It was because that movie was bad. six
3: degrees of a movie with a beach on it. How about the beach? And you brought up the Departed with Leo DiCaprio gave me a little bit beach vibes, right?
2: There you go. Um, but I think you're right, Platt. It's such a hit or miss thing. I don't know how to feel about this. Like, the trailer looks intriguing enough. But I already had questions like, how'd the girl get pregnant?
4: Yeah, she she was a kid, and now she's a teenager, and now she's pregnant. But I I'm think intrigued. The, the trailer monster got me, though.
0: I'm, I'm with The monster I'm, I'm with, impregnated
4: uh, her. I'm Maybe. with Tony though, man. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm going to check it out.
2: I don't know if I'm here for it. I, I really don't because, and, and it's it's because he's so hit or miss, like when he's good, he's really good. Like I remember being in the theater for the sixth sense sitting next to my buddy, Matt and this, or uh, this, the, the scene where um, Haley Joel Osment is going through the girl's house and finding the evidence that she was being murdered. I remember looking at my buddy and being like, this is brilliant, like this is so good. And it was so suspenseful and it was tight and it was just so great. And the twist, I didn't see the twist and at the time it was like, wow, this is brilliant. And it was the same thing with Unbreakable. Like Unbreakable as a comic book fan is easily my favorite movie by him. I will watch that one when it's on because it's all about the mythology of comic books and it's great. Now, the follow-ups, Split and, um...
3: Glass? How did you like Glass?
2: Glass but, uh, I didn't like Glass. I didn't like the end of Glass. thought it was better than um, Split. I, I, I thought it was better than Split, but, I mean, as a trilogy, it's fine. Um...
3: The first one's definitely the best. The first one's excellent,
2: like you said. Yeah, you're like Agreed. Unbreakable, yeah. like he was still on fire. And then, but then he had these other ones that, like I said, like I hated the village. I hated the twist of the village. I thought the twist of wow. the village. Wow. I, I hated the happening. I thought it was terrible. What he did to Avatar The Last Airbender is atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then he, yeah. I can't remember the name the, of
4: the movie. The visit. I, I don't put Avatar on him, though. The Visit. I, I, don't, I, I don't put Avatar on here though. him, though. I think that was some Hollywood shit, man. And they tried to twist it. Because, I mean, it was a great anime. It was it was great as it was. I think that was some Hollywood shit. I, I don't put that on Shyamalan. Maybe. I think that's Hollywood.
2: But, but I, I put it on him. He directed it. He was, he was at the helm of the ship. He's the one who's got to put it over. So, you know, on the other end, like... But it is. It's like he's either brilliant... Or it's like man this is trash in my opinion that's that's my feeling about him night so my favorite uh, like i said my favorite though is uh unbreakable i'm sorry that i don't like the village plat i know you liked it a lot yeah. sonny do you have a, a preferred Shyamalan movie if Un- you were to watch one
3: unbreakable and the visit are is probably his best two in my opinion i i don't you know he he kind of no one knows what they are but i feel like he abides by his own rules and sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't and that's not necessarily a bad thing either, right?
2: Sure. So, yeah, I think that um, he does. He, he has a clear vision in mind of what he's making and where he wants to go. Let's put it this um, way. He, he's
3: so unbelievably successful in the fact that there is a large amount of people, whether they liked, loved, or in between any one, all, or none of his movies that still want to go see it to see if he's going to hit another home run, right?
4: Right. I He's, I mean, come on, man. I'm I, I gotta make my case for the village. Right? I mean Dallas Bryce Harper, Joaquin Phoenix, Adrian Brody, Jennifer Bills, right? Gary uh-huh. Oldman, they they all had they, they all played their parts well. Like it was a very well acted movie. Okay, William Hurt left a little something to be desired, but I thought it was a well-acted movie, and the twist, okay, you know.
2: That's fine. I just thought the story was dumb as fuck, man. Like, I thought it was stupid. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry. Like, that's what – it's It's the same thing with Signs. Like, Signs – I would be really excited about Signs, and then when it's, like, the swing away and the weird, like, pseudo-everything-happens-for-a-reason religion shit, I was just like, this is dumb. This They're, oh. they're vulnerable but against water, and they go to a planet that is covered – by water, like it fucking rains. Like they're they're gonna try to take that place over. That makes no goddamn sense. And then Mel but, Gibson, that guy, fuck that guy. Yeah, I mean,
4: fuck Mel Gibson, but goddamn, he he's a movie star. But fuck Mel Gibson. But I mean, okay, so you you're not here for that, but you're here for uh, Rosebud and Citizen Kane. Okay, cool
2: when have i ever said that i'm here for rosebud and citizen Kane? like where you, what
4: you, you literally just recess. said you you literally just what, said the words the i'm here for rosebud and citizen Kane." you literally just said those words sir
2: darkest recess of your adult <laughs> mind did like, you make a quote i repeat it and you fucking run with it you worthless piece of trash
3: let's just not forget wide awake with rosie o'donnell
4: <laughs> in 1998 okay I now that. you just now y'all just saying words at this point.
2: All right, I have another drink, play. Car- Carpenter, uh, <laughs> peanut butter.
4: Y'all invited me on. Remember that? I'm True. here not by my own volition. I could be out there with my woman rewatching Black Widow because I fell asleep on it the first time. But no. Oh wow, maybe you should. You fell
2: asleep to be here. Really? Horrible. I mean, if we're going to go there, I, I do I do believe I heard a rumor that you were asked if you were doing the show by said partner. Um, and so it sounds like maybe you were wanting to join yeah, and Maybe you were good. looking for it's, and then she's, she's gotten used to it. It's just become yeah. a thing now. So, I mean, that- Man,
4: she wanted to make sure she would be able to listen while she's working. So it'd be, be nice to have some entertainment and charisma in the affairs for change.
2: Why did we invite you to the show? Wow. She I think she just wanted to watch right. that movie in peace. Let's move on. Patrick to, Patrick
3: uh, Amber said she has 48 more minutes left in the movie. She just texted me if we could keep going for at least that long.
2: All right, I'm on it. So Perfect. our our next our next Day, uh, Our next release that's coming out on July 23rd is actually going to be me walking back on a statement I made on last week's show. On last week's show, I said, I won't return to the theater until I see a truly epic movie. And then the little O'Dowd saw the trailer to Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, and was like, Daddy, I want to see that. And Patrick I
4: was like, put it it, in it, his mouth. you don't say
2: it does happen on occasion. Kind of like Platt speaking out of turn. And anyway, I was like, oh, let's see if it's on Paramount+. Plus." It is in like a month and a half. And so so I will be going to the theater on Friday, July 23rd to check out Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe's Orion, jo- Ore- Oreos Origins. Um, I wish there were Oreos. I could, I could get some Oreos. Can, I bet you could today. sneak That'd them in.
3: Awesome. You could sneak some in.
2: Fucking ain't right. If I could pay nine dollars yeah. for some too, no. Yeah, you could sneak. No.
4: Are you, you kidding
2: can
3: just, me? You just wear, you have a merce. It's 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 of the day.
2: A merce, oh. that's true. I can do that.
4: Oh, we need to talk offline, man. I didn't snuck six packs of beer into theaters. I didn't a bottle of champagne. I didn't a goddamn KFC dinner into a movie theater. What so are we you? Need to talk are offline. you there
3: to watch I the movie you. or to party? What's going on
4: here? Yes. The answer is yes
2: okay i could see that Yeah. Uh, so I, I i'm not gonna lie like I, i'm willing to go see I, I was okay with going to the theater because as as i have such a nostalgia for gi joe even though as we titled one show snake eyes don't talk um so that's going to be interesting to see because I, i'm like I, I i'm assuming this is going to be what leads him to take his vow of silence uh but in terms of an action movie that's going to be relatively harmless and, and will cash in on all of my 1980s nostalgia of uh, of American exceptionalism, uh, this movie is is going to hit it and follow probably the most intriguing character of the entire G.I. Joe universe and that Snake Eyes. I'm looking for some ninja shit, some ninja flips. Storm Shadow's going to be in it. Scarlet looks like a badass. No Duke, no Flint, no Lady J, no General Hawk. It is the creation of G.I. Joe with probably the two more fun characters of of the show. So of the at least of the cartoon anyway. Uh, and so I'm in. I can't wait to go see it on the 23rd. And then I'm going to come back and either love it or hate it and talk about it on the next time I'm on Hurry, which will be August 1st. So that's that's really all I got. I, Platt, you weren't there, I think, when we talked about it the first time. So, you watched the trailer. What, what do you think of, of G.I. Joe Ninja action?
4: It's funny because I saw the commercials about the movie, and I kind of rolled my eyes because I'm thinking, what's this fake-ass G.I. Joe shit? Not realizing that it was some G.I. Joe shit until I went back and watched the trailer specifically for this podcast. You know, it's funny, though, man, because I, I've been thinking about it, and I feel like, like in the dark, deep crevices and recesses of my mind, I remember as a child... Thinking that Snake Eyes was a brother, I, I don't know why I would have thought that, but I, I thought that as a kid that Snake Eyes was a brother. But whatever, whatever. Um, you know, the G.I. Joe thing, I, I know the, the first movie was panned by critics, I, I believe the second one was panned as well. Although I think it made a gajillion dollars the one with Rock and Bruce Willis and Channing right. Tatum and blah, blah blah, they made a lot of money. You know, if if nothing else, it just yeah. Is it gonna be a mindless action film? Cool, yeah. It's gonna be a lot of that, a lot of ninja shit, like you said, Patrick. Cool, yeah. It'd be a fun movie going experience. It it just made me kind of sigh though, because clearly, Hollywood is out of ideas. Like your reboot yeah, shit that didn't work the first time. Uh, yeah, like
3: yeah, we're yeah. yeah, like we're putting yeah. dude in fucking Rambo, right? Like, come on now, brother, let's go. You're 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 the problem. You're the one rebooting these movies. Is exactly what I wanted to say, and I just had to tell the people.
2: Now we
4: know. And knowing is half the battle. Okay, y'all can both lick my balls. I got <laughs> one for both of y'all, so that works out well. That there's no, only two other people on I'm this off. podcast, I'm but off I this mean, next week. no i'm just saying man like i look at the landscape of hollywood like do you guys like when's the last time you we've seen a romantic comedy when's the last time we've seen a rom-com or even a movie like a memento or something like that do you even think that that type of movie could get made nowadays you know
2: i mean tenant was probably the best christopher nolan's still trying to do stuff tenant didn't work very well, like critics didn't get it and it didn't go over very well. But he's he's kind of been the idea factory with, with that sort of stuff. I, I, I'm not trying to rebut but, but, like he's the Christopher idea Christopher but- Nolan
4: though. He's Christopher Nolan, so he could do anything he wants at this particular point in time. But if, if Christopher Nolan was a, a, a newcomer on the scene right now and trying to get memento made. Do you think something like that could even get made right now?
2: Yeah, but you're okay, so Memento, you're using a movie like Memento, you're acting like Memento hit theaters and was a big fucking blockbuster. It wasn't, it was a festival film that got huge. That's how that sort of creative shit. Donnie Darko, one of the most creative, like, mind-bending films out there, that wasn't in the theaters, like in big theaters. That's, that's not how that shit works. Big budget blockbusters since, like since star Wars in the late seventies and Indiana Jones in the late seventies and early eighties, like those sort of tentpole flicks, like creativity hasn't existed forever. Superman, big tentpole movie makes me, That's a, that's a, an existing property from elsewhere. So I, I think the, the question of, Making a blockbuster because this is what the summer's for. The summer is for blockbusters. Now when we get to fair. October, November, December. That's when you get to get your weird high art shit. Now your rom com question? They're still out there. They're still making movies. Where?
4: Where? When's the last time you seen a rom com?
2: Well, rom rom coms on bandwagon nerds because it's bandwagon nerds,
4: man. Okay, that's fair. But I, I also feel like you're trying to. You're kind of proving my Netflix. point here, man. Because uh, I don't right. think. I don't think that in a million years in today's landscape that a movie like Donnie Darko would be made. I just don't think they'd be able to get the funding for it.
2: Again, it wasn't given the funding through big studios before. So I get, I disagree with you. I think they always find a way. I think, I think that that's, that's always been a part of it. Like that, that little independent company, I'm going to put that in quotes exists as a subsidiary of paramount so paramount makes all the money off temples then has this little indie sounding company uh or we'll use fox because fox is easier fox searchlight fox searchlight is like the independent movie branch that does your Donnie Darko type of movie out of the big money that Fox's temple movie, like say X-Men makes that funnels it down. So the movie still gets made and it still gets, it still gets funded. It still gets funded through a major studio, but it's trumped up through a little indie that could, that then gets popular at Cannes. Like you go look at the Cannes film festival lineup. People are going to be talking about those movies. Some major company, some major film studio funded them. It just doesn't look like they funded them because it's a, it's a front. And so nothing like nothing ever exists. It's like Miramax used to be that. And then Miramax became a huge company. Um, so, yeah, I think it would still get made. I, th- I think it would still get made the same way to to, to ra- I'm going to wrap this back around, though, to Snake Eyes. And the reason why I wanted to watch this in the first place is creativity is dead. And I, and I agree with that. Like we are in a nostalgia reboot world, like uh, all existing. Some of the cast out of this, I'm actually very excited for. Um, Henry Golding is playing Snake Eyes, and he's going to be really good. But they got Andrew Koji um, as Storm Shadow. And for those of you who don't know, if you've ever heard me talk about the TV series Warrior, which is now on HBO Max, he is the protagonist in the show Warrior. And And that's a show that's based on the writings of Bruce Lee. He's a hell of an actor. Fucking phenomenal. Great actor and stunt guy who i am very excited to see in the role of storm shadow because that is a a character who should never go away and i think they got a great guy to play him so uh, i i'm sad to say that i'm not going to go see a truly epic film in the theater for the first time back but i'm gonna go see a harmless little action flick that the little o'down is down for so that's that's me uh, on snake eyes
3: yeah, and Platt, August, August twenty seventh. He's all that, an adaptation of the nineteen ninety movie.
4: She's all that. Okay, cool. But I'm interested to hear your your chat up today. But I am interested. Pod to hear your theater experience because I'm a huge movie guy, and obviously, I haven't been back since you know the pandemic started. So, I'm going to be interested to hear about your exploits of being in the theater and if it's weird, if you feel uncomfortable, or whatever the case may be. Because I'm ready to get back to the theaters,
3: yeah. Well, next week, we're gonna have. Dave's experience of being where he is this weekend as well. Uh, among all this stuff, he's in Disneyland and everything else. So he'll be able to kind of give us a little preview on what it's like in the crowds, especially since California, I think went back to indoor mask policy as well.
2: Yeah. The variant and all that stuff. But yeah, you looked at it. He variant shared a photo with us pop. today. Yeah, there you go. He, uh, he shared a photo though, uh, today this morning. And I was like, yikes. Like that's a shit ton of people. The, What pandemic?
4: I said yikes for a different reason. You can't shit on me this entire episode and then steal my shit to try to get yourself over. Like, those two things are non-congruent, sir. Okay? Greetings and salutations. Salutations
2: and greetings. There you go. All right. So now let's move into the world of streaming as this pissing contest between PC Tony and Christopher Platt was brought to you by Bandwagon Nerds.
4: Don't act like you ain't stuck your dick in the water, too, Patrick. Come on now.
2: Yeah, but I, I'm the moderator of the show. so You just I, got I to keep going. You just like, got to keep going on him. Just just plugging through. I'm not sure which show, and I don't like to binge watch. I don't know which show I'm going to binge watch first out of these next two, but I'm going to talk about the animated one first, and that is the, the Masters of the Universe Revelation series. Of course, Tony, you said – are not Tony Platt you've been talking about creativity being dead this is again another nostalgic show now Netflix has already done one uh, Masters of the Universe and it's not even Masters of the Universe property they did the Shira ra series that was really really good very very popular that was kind of a reboot of the mythology Kevin Smith is overseeing this Masters of the Universe Revelation animated series and he has made it very clear that this is more of a successor and a sequel and a continuation of stories that were told in the masters of the universe um, television show which i find very interesting because there was really no continuity to the 1980s cartoon like it was very much like a monster of the week sort of show uh designed to sell toys because that's what cartoons were in the 80s like you sold toys they were they were commercials um but this show looks uh, like the animation a uh, little O'Dowd watched both trailers with me he's like that's pretty epic and we talked about the first trailer that got released the second one's been released i'm really interested to see what this is going to do because it looks like this is more than a he-man show this really looks like they fleshed out a lot of side characters that were were uh, like tila for example, looks like she has a very significant role within the show, voiced by Sarah Michelle Gellar, by the way. Um, and just looks it it just looks very well developed and and I'm hopeful that Kevin Smith took something that was really about one sort of character in a toy commercial and has created you know developed a universe out of it.
3: Go ahead, Tony. He's starting at the beginning of of basically you know when when we when we have he-man for the first time ex- you know accepting the fact that he has to save the universe right that's where we're starting here doesn't that feel like it from the trailer
2: yeah kind
3: of that's so brilliant because he just washes everything else away that you've ever known except for the characters right and the nostalgia and he's like i'm going to give it to you this way now I'm going to show you how it should have been done, and I'm going to take some of the good, and I'm going to turn some of the bad this way. And I love the style of animation they've chose for this. I know, was it last week or the week before, we had three different animated shows, and they all had different styles, right? right. So I think it's really going to accent Kevin Smith and his in his storytelling. There, Like you said, the, the different characters, I would love to see individual episodes without some of the main characters in a majority of the episode right like we follow like a cyclops for an episode for 85 percent of it right to just to get and dive into those characters like you said they would so i'm definitely giving it a go and i think the kevin smith stamp that extra added audience is is going to make this a success
4: i absolutely love kevin smith He's another one of those guys where a lot of his movies are hit or miss, and then I also yes, kind of feel bad so. because, yeah, because Judd Eptow came out of nowhere and completely stole his entire lane. But at the end of the day, Kevin Smith is one of us. He's a nerd. Yes,
2: very much. So. He's a
4: fanboy. So I feel confident with this IP being in his care and I think that he's going to do his due diligence and I think he's going to do right by this IP that we all consider iconic which it's funny because you you alluded to it earlier Pat and literally the only reason that master of the universe existed is because Mattel was trying to sell some toys so they created a cartoon to sell some goddamn toys but I I I feel comfortable with this being in the hands of Kevin Smith and I I think it's going to come across well and I'm looking forward to it.
2: It's funny. I'm so because, and probably because, as you said, he is "quote unquote" one of us. I'm so much more forgiving of a bad Kevin Smith movie than I am of a bad M Night Shyamalan movie. Like, okay, well, Yoga Hosers is terrible, by the way. Like, don't don't go see Yoga Hosers. It's just, wow. Uh, but Tusk, like, do you do you know that movie where Justin yes. Long gets turned into a walrus? Like. Yeah. Like, like, I, I was, I, I, as I a center sitting watch, I was like, man, this is like when I decided to see what the big deal was with Human Centipede. Like, it's basically Human Centipede, but with somebody famous behind it making it, right? Isn't that weird? But yet I'm like, okay, I mean, I'll give it a try. And... Kevin Smith, you know, gave you the payoff. Like you get to see Justin log as a walrus, like at the end, like you're, you're <laughs> you you got what you asked for when you go into that movie. Uh, and, and even when his comedy started to get kind of stale, like with, um, some of the Jersey, the later Jersey comedies, particularly like the, the, the later was a chance on the back. Isn't, isn't very good, but I forgive it. Uh, I don't care for Dogma. A lot of people love Dogma. I like Dogma. I
4: love Dogma. Yeah, I love Dogma. For some reason, Jersey dogma Girl. Really... Eh,
2: See, that's... No, I, I, but I kind of like I, Jersey Girl.
4: It's I thought like... it was cute. Yeah, the, the the little girl. She was charismatic enough. I love George Carlin. So yeah, I I, I yeah, I don't hate Jersey Girl.
2: For me, it was the it was when they're doing the recital and all the parents are doing scenes from Cats, and then they do a scene from Sweeney Sweeney Todd. Yeah, I (laughs) I, I it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I you know the last Jay and Silent Bob movie that he made, um, that movie was on Amazon Prime. Like it went straight to Amazon Prime, if I'm not mistaken. It's it's okay. It's not bad. I think, um, you know, he tries to give his daughter... There's some nepotism there because he tries to give his daughter acting opportunities that maybe she doesn't deserve. But, again, that's that's entertainment. Uh, <coughs> but, Sophia Tovola.
4: Excuse me. Ron, Ron Howard.
3: Howard. Ron Howard. Um, Where, that worked there's out.
2: More, there's more to that story than, than just Francis Ford wanted his daughter in that movie. Uh, but anyway.
4: Is there... There was, because it was
2: supposed to be Winona. Winona Ryder was was supposed to be the daughter. Um, But anyway, but yeah, with Kevin Smith, like when I look at Kevin Smith, I I do think that he treats material like this very, very carefully and intentionally and with a respect to its fandom. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think he would have made a good superhero movie uh, or a good Superman movie. Uh,
4: I don't think you've heard heard that story, though, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. totally understand. So, yeah, I don't I'm just I'm uncertain how much of the show I'll be able to binge at once um, when it comes out and whether or not I'll watch it before or after the final show we're going to talk about. That's debuting on July 23rd on. And this is my weekly plug to get you all on Apple TV Plus. I got too many. Ted Lasso, Steven. Ted Lasso Season 2 hitting on the 23rd. And I had to laugh because Apple was kind enough to remind me that my subscription cost of $5.99 or $4.99, I can't remember what it was, will be due on five, $5.99, 6 bucks a month, will be due on July 23rd. And if I want to catch Ted Lasso Season 2, I better... Pay my pay my $6. They've already got my money. They're going to take it. I'm going to watch it. I really, really, really want people to watch this show. Uh, and if you haven't seen season one, I've plugged season one multiple times on this show. I'm very excited about season two. It has been made very clear by show creator and showrunner Bill Lawrence. This is going to be a three-season show. It's going to be a trilogy of seasons. And we're in the middle story. And... It's just a positive show. And I've talked about that all the time. Like I can't think of another show that in recent memory, maybe the good place where after I've watched it, watched it from beginning to end. And I'm sorry, Tony doesn't like the good place. No, no, no,
3: no. I I, I'll okay. I'll give it another try. I, I didn't, I love the actors in it. I maybe you've seen an episode and a half. That's it. Like, and not even in the beginning.
2: It's it's a tough show. It's it's another one of those like um, it's on Peacock, kind of right? Like the Office. Uh, yeah, it's on. But Peacock. But it's got Kristen Bell and
3: Ted Danza. I mean, like I like totally hear right. from both of them. Whoa,
4: whoa, 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 whoa,
3: whoa, whoa! What did you call that man? Uh, Ted Ted Danson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who's the boss, motherfucker? <laughs> Ted Danza. I called Ted Danson.
4: Ted Danza. Tony. <laughs> I did Ted Danza. So is uh, it Tony? Tony too? Uh, yeah, that's what
2: well,
3: we do it's Tony dancing It's a bartending housekeeper. What are you going to do?
2: <laughs> right. But with, with, with this second season, and you can tell it's a middle chapter of, of a three part play. Uh, because in the first season, um, Ted Lasso, his team gets relegated at the end of the first season. Like at, under his watch, they get relegated and they've been on the, in danger of getting relegated in soccer throughout the whole first season. And, and it happens, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, um, Soccer is really the second is really the second fiddle to, you know, the characters itself, which is very much a Bill Lawrence thing. The creator of spin city scrubs. It's all about characters and and their personalities and who they are. And, and just really football is, is a big part of it, but it is the the second part of it. Scrubs isn't really about the ICU. It's about the characters within the ICU. Um, And so I'm just, I'm so excited to see where the story goes. I Watched the entire season one in, in less than a morning just to rewatch it to get caught back up and recatch it. Uh, just get myself mentally back to where it is. And if you're going to watch one episode, even if you just want to spoil everything, the hope that kills you really speaks to fandom and about being the fan of any sport. Where when you've been, and anybody who's been a fan of a bad team, whether it's me and my St. Louis Blues, uh, Platt and the Cleveland, you know, the Cleveland Cavs. Just Cleveland. You could just
4: say Cleveland, bro. Yeah, just, Cleveland. just Cleveland.
2: Tony and I don't know who, who the Brewers. We'll, we'll use the Brewers as an example. Right. Like, and good stretch now, that, but yes, Brewers, yes. 80s Brewers, there you go. But Late the te- 80s. But teams that get you get you close and tease you with that, like, that moment, like you're going to get it, and then it just gets taken away from you. Uh, that show, That episode by itself – it's worth so much of a repeat watch. I've watched it at least four four or five times on its own. So so good. I can't wait for this season to come out. You two need to find a way to watch this show.
3: I that's my do you remember when we used to trade baseball cards as a kid, Patrick? Totally. All right.
2: I Excellent. used to trade baseball cards all the time. No, no, I I totally had that yeah. hobby. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. Good. All right. I just want you to remember that. Um that's a separate topic. On a, on a different thing that I don't want to discuss on the air. But I will say that I am a huge fan of Jason Sudeikis, and I love what he does on all the different characters he's ever played. I'm a huge SNL guy. So, like, I've seen this. I've seen the multiple things on Apple TV. It's just like, God, I got so many fucking baseball cards. Can I really afford another one? So maybe I have to trade some baseball cards, you know? But Ted Lasso looks really good. If, it, if I was to get Apple TV, that would be the first thing I'd go towards. I've also seen the morning show thing. They got a couple other specials. So yeah, the, the world of streaming we live in.
4: And I've, uh, a lot of people have been picking up this show to me, most notably our host and moderator here, Patrick Odenkirk, and everybody's been talking about it, but I feel like you've kind of buried the lead, man. You didn't tell me this was a bill Lawrence creation because I'm a huge bill Lawrence, Mark. I was Hugely on the Trump side of the game, hugely in the Scrubs in the mid aughts. I think that Spin City at the time that it came out, it was one of the most intelligent shows on all the TV. Like I would, I would say Newsroom, Spin City, Thirty Rock is a little bit later, but I, I put it in that same vein of just you know intelligent comedy. So yeah, I, I'm I'm here. I'm gonna check it out, man. Seriously, I'm gonna find a way to check it out.
2: I um. Yeah, I, I, one, I the one joke out of the trailer that just makes me laugh is there's this dude trying to go through a window um, into it's like he's trying to jump through a window to get into this office and Ted's like oh it's like the dude's a hazard here and he's like oh but probably over here it's like the Earl of Risk like the <laughs> the, the play that they have on language in particular is really really funny um, and it's it's a tropey thing like Americans don't get English from England and vice versa. Um, but it's, it's great. It's such a good show. And please, please check it out fans. If you're listening,
3: I would love to get the opinion of someone like mags on, or, or Kenny Killa on this show. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure this oh, is broad- yeah. like, I imagine Apple TV is available in England. I don't know if it would be the same exact yeah. shows probably cause it's a United States kind of thing, but I would love to get two soccer fans Born and raised in England's fan in England, their reaction to this. So who knows? Maybe I'll try and work that out for a later show.
4: I I also love Jason Sudeikis as well as as Tundi alluded to earlier. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna check this out, well, man, and I'll check back in with the nerds and let y'all yeah. know what I think.
2: It's based on commercials that were done for Premier League soccer where Jason Sudeikis played the Ted Lasso character, which I didn't actually know at the time. Like, I thought it was a Saturday Night Live skit. It's not. It's these commercials that were on NBC that it was hilarious to me because I I went back and watched them, and it really is a continuation of these commercials. So you can find those on YouTube. Look them up. Check them out. We are going to take our second commercial break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about the biggest weekend in Nerddom that also starts this coming friday you are listening to bandwagon nerds on the chairshot radio network a part of
0: the chairshot.com
2: All right, welcome back. Before we get into talking about the biggest weekend in nerddom, I'm going to quickly remind everybody, if you didn't catch Platt's diatribe, lengthy commercial earlier in the show, make sure that you head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash shot and support us over here at the Chairshot Radio Network. We got all kinds of great designs out there for you. They run from $19.99 if you want your standard T-shirt to $25, I do believe, for soft style. All kinds of great designs out there. Again, that site is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. And that, Christopher Platt, is how you do a short commercial Wow!
4: Wow. So y'all literally, number one, y'all just brought me on here to shit on me this whole time. Number two, you did that spot with the enthusiasm of a mosquito bite. Don't bring it here. Don't bring it here. Don't bring it
2: here. Who is that football player who said, "I, I just do this so I don't get fined?
4: Marshawn Lynch.
2: Yes. Yeah, I'm Marshawn Lynch. How's that? I'm Marshawn Lynch, the pro wrestling tease spot.
4: Can you put a little oof in it? Add a little seasoning to the mother farmer. Can you do that? Can Can you picture that? Can you fathom that? Can
2: you accomplish that? As Apparently white, not. As a white midwestern guy from Illinois who grew up, grew up amongst the cornfields, this is exciting. Like <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know
3: but let me it's tell it. you. Let me tell you. <laughs>
4: We tell them Flatlanders to watch out for the hills when they get up here, okay? It's true. Hey, man, I'm from the Midwest, too, man. I know y'all motherfuckers, man. Y'all got a little more charisma than that. I went to school with y'all, I would think. Maybe not you all specifically, but it's in you somewhere.
2: I mean, yep, looks like rain. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. I love you, Patrick. (laughs) That was
4: awesome. pay awesome. Dan dad dad in this bitch, right?
2: Thank you very much. So this weekend, this coming weekend, is actually that the biggest awesome. weekend in NerdGum. It actually is my favorite weekend for this show because this weekend is Sandy, San Diego Comic-Con International. It is the biggest convention. It is the biggest news convention for us. And coming out of Comic-Con, Bandwagon Nerds is the easiest show to play in because every major studio generally is dropping knowledge on us and we're going to we're going to talk about things that kind of stood out to us i said i sent you guys the schedule ahead of time so that you could take a look at it but before we get to that how before the show i guess did you ever follow comic-con before this show or did this show bring you into understanding what was going on with Comic-Con? we'll start with Tony.
3: yeah take that <laughs> son of a bitch
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> i i uh I secondarily followed it, mainly through DP, who is obviously as nerdy as, you know, and I mean that in the best way as as you and, and Patrick, or you and Dave and, and Ray, sorry, Patrick, um, whereas I'm trying to, you know, get a little deeper, but do have that base knowledge and do, you know, appreciate everything and watch a lot of different stuff and add a little different here and there. But it's, it's just so much more than that now, to me, since doing the show and, and you know, diving deeper into it it it's 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 like how i dive into sports as a child right like every day reading the box scores it's that was my comic book as opposed to now you know all that stuff's easily accessible on your phone i'm not really kind of down to that of the letter but i'm more into storylines and things of that nature as i get older and to be able to pay attention to the different comic cons and catch what's new and up and coming Regardless of what genre you're into, it, it's happening there, right? If, if it's happening soon, it's happening there. So I think my appreciation has really grown from secondary to primary.
2: Very nice. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I was out here getting ass. So, you know, I, I didn't delve into the frivolities of Comic Con because, how's you that know, going I was lately? You got kicked out of the movie you know,
3: do a podcast.
4: Yeah, yeah. I also have in-home ass, okay? we, You and I both have pussies, but I can fuck mine, Tony, so that's, you know, there well, you go. Yeah, but, uh... well,
3: let's, let's, <laughs>
4: let's get rid of the bestiality part of it, but in all honesty, at least
3: I get to sleep by myself when it's over with. You, unfortunately, <laughs> are very warm and uncomfortable.
2: My, hey, yeah, I'm very uncomfortable.
4: Shout out to Sam Jones because he gets to get another check because Comic Con is back and and functioning again. So shout out to him. Hey, if listen. y'all don't know, Sam Jones was the was Flash Gordon. I got so a Barney. Out St-
3: I got a Barney Stinson kind of bed. The blanket only covers half of it, and there's only one pillow. So you fucking take the hint,
4: right? Yeah. So the cats get so the pillow. Comic Con. Oh, here uh, is that the bed, right?
2: Gosh, I, I love being the straight man to you too. Okay. So, and you wonder why I deadpan shit. It's because I have to. I got to keep myself mellow. Um, you got y'all broke me two weeks ago. And it's so much so that I named the show Boy Howdy and then Greg oh, gave the shit for it.
3: Patrick the Undertaker O'Donnell, we're going to get you to do a Take a Rooney one of these days. Don't worry about it.
2: All right. All right. So, anyway, Comic Con. Here's the thing that I find really fascinating about, about this is just where it started to where it is now and what it is now. Because it really was. You know, you were making jokes, Platt, about, like, nerds not getting laid. Comic-Con really was like that. Like, it started out as this small convention in a hotel with collectors of comics trading. And then the cosplay thing sort of – and it kind of built on itself to where now it is this entertainment touchpoint that I think actually from the – because of the pandemic – has returned a little bit more to its roots. Uh and this year actually looking at the at the lineup is starting to get back to the entertainment point because last year when you couldn't do the big Hall H panel where you had actors from all these different film franchises and studios and show trailers to everything like major companies backed out of it. And so it really then came back to being about comic books and like there were like dc and marvel sent their comic panels not their entertainment panels really and so we got to learn a lot more about what was happening with comic books and this year it's still a little bit of that but it's still like it's it's like the fucking super bowl for nerds like it really is
3: before you jump in plat and 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 lay everything out on your end of thing i just want to add one last thing is the fact that not only has the nerd culture expanded from just comic books but to tech and and everything else beyond that right it's it's not only become accepted it's become cool and i would accredit two things pop culture wise the
4: big bang theory and the mcu and yeah, I mean, Tony, you you stepped on exactly what I was gonna say, man. I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't necessarily attribute those two things that you did to that, but don't get it twisted, man. I'm a nerd too. Like I yeah, I'm, I'm just just I was just talking shit, trying to be funny, man. You know, I just happen to be handsome and charming, but I'm a nerd too, man, in my core. But the thing is, man, we're all now. You know, us nerds, we're in our 30s and 40s, and we're running shit. So, yeah, so a lot of the shit that we grew up watching in the 80s and the 90s and some of us in the 70s, yeah, we're bringing that shit back, man, because we're in positions of power to, you know, bring that shit up. So, yeah, that's why Comic-Con, that's why it's a huge deal now. Like, initially, yeah, it started out as just this nerd fandom, but... It's much more than that at this particular point in time. And, I mean, hell, man, even women are into that shit, man. You see—how many sexy women do you see at Comic-Con dressed up as Princess Leia or Gamora or Wonder Woman or whomever the fuck? Like, this is—this is now popular culture. And, you know, all jokes aside, man, I actually think it's kind of cool, seriously.
2: Right. Quick reminder that cosplay is not consent, kids. Um And Bob. all— no, I, no, I'm saying that seriously. That's a seriously like a cultural challenge that convention – convention goers face is that, um, you know, people will dress up in some of those those costumes and looks and other people will unfortunately form a, an opinion and a thought about that person. And one of the big things that's been going on as a, just sort of a subtext of conventions in general is this this idea of, of cosplay is not consent – you know, and as as we become more conscious of being respectful of people's bodies and and the them as humans, uh, it's kind of a big deal, and it's still a major attraction of comic comic cons. Like people love cosplay, like it's what they want to do. They just should be able to do it and feel safe doing it.
4: No, I was popping because I a uh, thousand percent agree with you. But that's the right. downside to nerd culture now, emanating popular culture. A lot of these sure. nerds don't know how to talk to the opposite sex, or even the same sex, if that's what you into. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But a lot of people don't know how to get laid. So they, yeah, they, they come across very awkward, and they do a lot of shit that makes other people uncomfortable, and that's not cool. I think it's just it's not. It's not cool.
3: easier to attack the problem at the root where actual social interaction is completely different than being online and interacting with someone. And I think this generation up and coming is really suffering. They have a hard time carrying a conversation as far as I'm concerned and the experiences I've had. Um, and I see you guys shaking your head. It's like, I can't count. Uh, the total is seven eighty-six at the drive through and I give you a 10 and you can't figure out how much change to give me <laughs> like the, the calculator, the computer, <laughs> <laughs> Everything about it is great, but th- your social interaction and your problem-solving and your your general ability to make snap decisions and figure things out as far as goes to non-media, non-social media things has really been hurt. But Patrick, you bring up a great point. Like, yo, let let's let's appreciate the fact that we're around people and respect their borders and just appreciate them as a person as opposed to trying to get over yourself
2: right and, tr-
4: and trust me if a woman wants you to t- wants to take it to that next level you'll know don't take it upon yourself to take this to that next level because the woman always chooses okay let's just be respectful of people like patrick said man be respectful of motherfuckers man What's it, that's not that hard it's not that hard to be a goddamn decent human being it's just not period
2: Well, that was an unexpected. I didn't expect to take us down that road, guys. So I do want to say, as bad as this, I want to say this really quick. It is going to sound weird one of the good things that came out of the pandemic in regards to conventions is that we are comic-con this year, at least is continuing the practice of comic-con at home, which means that it will be, um, virtual panels that you can watch. Uh, they went through YouTube last year and I haven't, I haven't done enough research to look to see if I'm assuming they're going to continue that. But if you look at their logo right now, um, It's in the lower right-hand corner of their website. It's everywhere. It's Comic-Con at home. Um, And 23rd through the 25th, you can join them at home uh, and watch a lot of these panels. And this schedule, as always, is always jam-packed. They start all the way up on Wednesday um, with sort of your introductory stuff. But what I thought we would do today is just take a little bit and talk about some things that we see that... We want. We would want to check out. Now, I don't know that I'm going to be able to check out all of this stuff because, for example, I work at two o'clock in the afternoon. And so at least one of the panels I'm really excited about, I'm not going to be able to see. But I'll, I guess I'll go first. I'm just going to talk about Friday uh, to get started. They are hitting the ground running with a couple of panels in the afternoon. That I think are going to be really cool. We've been talking about animation a lot. At one o'clock, from one to two p.m., there is a Paramount Plus peak animation with the Star Trek universe, the Harper House, and Stephen Colbert presenting "Tuning Out the News," which I've seen trailers for. I haven't watched this show, but it does exist. It's like a day. It's like a weekly animated news program, very akin to Stephen Colbert's work from like The Daily Show that covers the news. Uh, and you just, you look at some of the people that they're going to have uh, on this panel, they're going to have Jerry O'Connell um, talking about um, Star Trek universe stuff. There's, there's going to be, um, Stephen Colbert himself is going to be a part of this panel. Uh, Jason Lee is, is going to be one of the panels uh, for the Harper house. Just, it's going to be, it's going to be terrific and it, and it's going to, I think hope help me open up a little bit more of where paramount plus is going to go beyond star Trek, because really when you look at like their standing series, star Trek's kind of what they got to hang their hat hat on and animation, I think it has become such an important medium now and a more important medium. We've talked about it ad nauseum on this show. I'm excited for this. and I really want to hear what they have to say and what they, what they are planning for us and hopefully get some trailers out of it.
3: Yeah. I mean, ChairShot Radio Network, we have our own anime show, Talking the Cake, right? I mean, those guys are yep. doing doing very, very well over there. YouTube is the place. Comic-Con's YouTube channel is the place to watch this at home. Um, yeah, I, I like what you're liking. Um, I got some stuff written down. You just let me know when you want me to tell you about that.
2: Sure. Well, ta- I, I mean, I'll talk about a couple of other ones that I think that were, were... – probably all in agreement about two o'clock on Friday afternoon. I'm gonna find a way to watch it. Two o'clock on Friday afternoon. That is the Amazon Prime and IMDB TV panel that is going to or they're gonna do like a multi-title panel that's gonna talk about the Wheel of Time series that they're working on on um on Amazon Prime, my my the Mrs. O'Dowd, she's really big on that. It's gonna tie there. There, there's gonna be some people talking about, and I know what you did last summer series, um, uh, or Leverage is gonna be on there. Uh, just some standalone series, uh, some things that are coming too. No, we're not gonna be talking about the boys. That's later on, uh, but. Amazon Prime is sneaky good in some of the shows that they keep bringing out and showing to us um, you just again as as we talk about there's just so much content out there that you gotta know where to look and then my last one for Friday is three o'clock where HBO Max and Cartoon Network are gonna get together and talk about adventure time which if you all haven't seen adventure time go on HBO Max and get caught up on adventure time that show is, you, you want to talk about something that speaks to nerds adventure time is is a hella hella awesome show. So those that's Friday. So I'm going to start just kind of going day by day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are the big days of comic-con. Those are ones I've got. Tony, what do you got on Friday? I, that's oh, really...
3: my goodness. I didn't necessarily break them down by day. So I don't want to jump ahead of you. Oh, so.
2: Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. Uh, give me a couple so that I can, I'm going to scroll down because I well, didn't write like you did. The, the Mattel and the WWE, um, yeah.
3: I mean, yeah, just to kind of yeah. see where they're thinking, where they're looking as the future of action figures as far as WWE is concerned. Um, a lot of big things happening there. Some, some people coming back into the fold, wondering what kind of special things they're going to do that way. Um, I'll keep running it down HBO Max with the Looney Tunes, and they also have a new yep. series with... Uh, That's uh, on Saturday. Has a new, they have a new series, Jellystone, I believe, coming out as well. So that sounds like Yogi the Bear series. So though HBO Max with a couple of nice things there. Um, I'll I'll just keep going. Simpsons Season 33 they're talking about. Family Guy. They got one on cartoon voices. Um, And then the last day, I think, uh, I believe it is, The Science of Star Wars uh, is going to be an interesting one. I think that is an unbelievably nerdy topic and where people are like, yo, this couldn't happen because this happened, and, and isn't that all kind of what we love about the nerdosphere is kind of debating and arguing whether or not so-and-so could pick up Thor's hammer right something like that so it's just a very interesting concept I I love what they're doing that you can enjoy this at home and for all of you that enjoy this show and thinking about starting your own show podcasting 101 is also (laughs) a topic that weekend so those are some of the things i had written down i apologize i don't have the chronology there but yeah like you said it's all up there uh, on the schedule
4: yeah i i agree with a lot of uh what tunny talked about he kind of stole a little bit of my thunder some of the panels he brought up but just a couple that he didn't mention on that i think might be interesting on that friday uh number one hip-hop and comics cultures combining because i think there is a On the lowest of keys, there is a huge correlation in that fan base between hip-hop and and comic books. And another one that I thought that was worth mentioning, and I'm just buying time until I get back to it, Native Americans in pop culture with taboo. Because let's keep it a buck and a half. A lot of these comic book characters, a lot of these professional wrestling characters, and everything else that encompasses nerd culture, a lot of those are rooted in Native American mythologism. Like it just is what it is, right?
2: Can yeah, I, no, you're absolutely right. Can I be completely uh, not
4: Boston. PC?
3: He he combined a couple words. He does that. It's, we we meant what he know. Uh I'll be completely on PC here and tell you one of the biggest things I laughed at from America, the movie, if you haven't seen it yet.
2: Still haven't seen it yet.
3: Well Geronimo's in it. And at one point he jumps, hey, he jumps off of a something to go somewhere and he yells me.
2: That's hilarious. I, I love that. Platt, I want you to jump back on the Friday schedule and look at the early, uh, early part of that day, because there's one about Afrocentrism uh, and, and some stuff that I think might be intriguing for you as well. I can't remember the panel title itself. Yeah, um,
4: I see. I, I see it yeah. right here, man. It's Afrofew, which Afro, thank you, funk, yeah. and the black imagination, which, yeah, that could be interesting depending on who's leading the discussion.
2: Well, if you hover over, this is the nice thing about this schedule. And and the nice thing if you mouse over these things, like if you're on a laptop, it actually brings up a a little bit of an abstract for you. You can actually see who's involved Uh, because I'm looking at, I'm looking at Saturday right now. And in terms of comic books itself, um, I'm interested in a two o'clock panel called truth, justice in a better DC universe. It's a new future for the man of steel. They're going to talk about a new direction for Superman. Uh, And you know, and some people that are going to be a part of that panel, Grant Morrison, the great grant morrison is going to be on that panel talking about superman and the authority um and so it's just it's going to be a big one talking about the future and then you were talking about um you know just sort of like the native american piece two o'clock on saturday women rocking hollywood 2021 supporting female filmmakers post covid world it is going to have on that panel um kate heron and for those of you who don't know who Kate Heron is, you should if you've been watching Loki, because she directed every single episode of the first season of Loki. Um, it's also going to have and I'm going to mess up her name. So I'm, I'm going to I apologize in advance. But uh, Cyan Heater, um, she's the producer, writer, director of Orange is the New Black. Christina M. Kim, who is the executive producer, writer, applying spot and the executive producer and showrunner of Kung Fu, which I think is on the CW. Nice. Um, some really big heavy hitters and talking about, you know, there was a, there was a momentum that was gained by women filmmakers in the COVID, like in our, in our COVID era that they don't want, that we don't want to lose as we head into a post COVID era.
3: I just want to add something to, to the panel on, uh, the women's impact into, you know, Hollywood and movie making and the whole nerdosphere in general is, we talk about everything being redone and telling the same old stories, right? Well, for so long, it's been 90-plus percent men telling these stories. So for Pete's sake, let's let somebody else figure out a new story or a better way to tell the story and something that's more entertaining. And and the people that haven't had a chance in the past, should have their chance now because everything is so damn stale and not just for that reason because of equality and 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 people living better lives for this world but let's get some new ideas let's get some new blood let's make sure we're accentuating these positives that are happening right now
2: so my last um my last saturday panel that i wanted to point out and no, that's a, that's an excellent point. I, I I didn't mean to like talk through that. That was uh, rude on my part. Uh, but five o'clock on Saturday, um, Jesse Holland is the uh, is an editor and is a C-SPAN host, uh, and some of the all and some all-star authors of Titan Books' um, fiction anthology series, Black Panther Tales of Wakanda, are going to be doing a panel uh, talking about um, Jesse's the these writers who. Um, told tales of wakanda through like their experiences and stories um i I just i think that's going to be a great window into a series of books that that are coming that are out there for folks to watch and again you talk about loving wakanda black panther that's it's just going to be a very eye-opening and i think and and an excellent panel to check out
4: no, well said, well said. And I'm interested to see what they do with that Black Panther property moving forward. That's going to be interesting. But shout out to Comic-Con. Honestly, gentlemen, I'm just happy that we're starting to get back to some semblance of normalcy. And people are coming back out the house. We're back outside again. We're going to games. We're going to conventions. We're going to wrestling shows. Like, this is exciting, man. It It is whatever normalcy is going to look like on the other side of this. I'm glad that we're starting to get back in that space.
2: Excellent. I agree. 1000%. I I'm hopeful to go to a convention again. Uh, Like I've been to New York comic con before it kind of exploded as the, as the East coast craziness that it is now. Um, I would love to go back and to take my son with me. Uh, I, I promise I'm going to wrap up. I got two final panels. These are from Sunday that, uh, that I'm really excited about what I'm intrigued about because I really liked the show and it ended on such a shitty note that I'm hoping this is a get right fix. And that is Dexter has a panel at four o'clock that I'm hoping will then show a trailer. It, it does actually say tune in for a never seen before sneak peek trailer for a look at what's to come. Um, I loved Dexter until I didn't love Dexter. And, and I don't know if that's a, an accurate way to describe it, but it was like this show that was so good and, and got to the, uh, it gets to this point around season four or five where it is amazing. And it, it jumps a shark so hard that man alive. I want it back. I want it back. And I want it fixed. If you haven't seen the show, watch it up through the John Lithgow season and, and and come talk to me. It's so, so good.
4: But the Dexter point that you brought up, Patrick, that's why I don't invest in Showtime shows anymore, because they all start out brilliant. And they then just go they, on too long. Yeah, they go on too long, man. They should probably be like five or six seasons, but they end up going on eight, nine, ten seasons. And it's just and but now at that particular point in time, you're emotionally invested. So you got to ride it out but then they just all get trashed around seasons five or six.
3: The best thing they have going on right now, Showtime is is billions. And unfortunately I seen the first season and now I have no access to the uh, upcoming seasons and the, and what's happening. So that's, that's my,
4: they will find a way to fuck that up too. Trust and believe it's Showtime, sir.
2: And so the last panel that I want to see is also on Sunday. Also Sunday afternoon from four to five. So I'm going to have to make a decision, catch one and then watch uh, the other one. uh, Hopefully on a re if I remember correctly, Comic-Con kept them up for like 48 hours after the final panel. So there is an opportunity if you miss one, but recently canceled show Lovecraft country does have a panel um, called behind the score of Lovecraft country. I love music. I love scores and composition and the composer, of Lovecraft Country, Laura Cartman is going to be carp, not carts, not like the not like the South Park character, is going to be doing a a, a review uh, and talking about musical themes, how they evolve. It's going to be moderated by uh, Natalie Bartz, who's BMI's Vice President, uh, Creative Film, TV, and Visual Media, uh, and, and is she's going to talk about. Her work with Raphael Sadiq on Lovecraft Country, and, wow. and how musical themes, you know, evolve and showcase the the work and are important to uh, important to film and to just to just bring this back to another Marvel property. One of the best scores of the last five years is the score to Black Panther. You know, Kendrick Lamar gets all kinds of um, love for the for the uh, the soundtrack. But go back and listen to the score. It's fucking amazing, and it's worth and is worth the purchase to find and and listen to.
4: Shout out to Raphael Sadiq. He is a musical genius. If you're not familiar with his work, he was the front man of the band uh, Tony Tony Tony, that was big in the the mid to late '90s. He's an absolute genius. Patrick, I have to ask you, man, because personally, I'm a little lukewarm on the fact that we're not gonna get a Lovecraft Country season two. Number one, I think that they had a lot of interesting ideas into season two. But number two, you see with Game of Thrones, when HBO doesn't have a book to kind of pull the stories from, shit goes off the rails very quickly. So I'm lukewarm about there not being a season two. What are your thoughts, man?
2: I'm disappointed because I feel like, I I think this is a show where the creative behind it had too, had too many ideas that they were trying to get out all at once. Yeah. Like there were so many themes within these episodes and they didn't always intersect or connect in a way that I felt was a very cohesive narrative. Now, part of that is just Lovecraft. Like when you're looking at the source material, and what you're using, like, like, like some of that is trying to take a novelization and make it make sense. But, I just I don't think that I think they had too many ideas and they tried to make them all work all at once and it and it made it a little bit more muddy and I wonder if with the second season they could have cleaned it up. And I was hopeful for that. I'm not surprised it got canceled. It kind of reminds me American Gods was the same way over on Stars. American Gods just had too many ideas and not enough direction. And that's kind of the way I felt with Lovecraft Country at the end. I think in insulated and by themselves, great episodes with some great stuff, especially the beginning. Like it hits the ground running and I'm like, like that, that first episode with like Jim Crow America and the guidebook and driving through the South and knowing safe places to stop and towns did not stop and when it, where to go after dark or when it gets dark, like that shit, you know, being told within this like science fiction lens was, I thought, great. Uh, But it just, like you said, just kept building on stuff that was so challenging to follow and stay with. And it was just too many ideas and not enough direction.
4: That's fair. That's a fair assessment.
2: So, all right. So, that's going to do it um, for our conversation on San Diego Comic Con. Again, check it out this weekend. They're all online. You can watch them on their YouTube channel. Uh, Comic Con at Home is where to check that stuff out. And I can guarantee you, that come the following weeks on the bandwagon, we are going to be assessing and break down, breaking down all kinds of trailers and stuff that came out of that because that is what this convention does for us. It gives us all the source uh, source material for the year and gets us to October when the New York Comic Con hits. And on that note, gentlemen, I think it's time for me to ask you a question. Is mayonnaise an instrument? Wanna go jelly fishing? What am I supposed to do all day while you're at school? Can I use your bathroom? Who's your friend? What does claustrophobic mean? (laughs) You know what the problem is? All right. Well, I teased this earlier in the show. Uh, when Tony put over this uh, today's edition of chair shot radio, and you haven't listened to today's edition of chair shot radio, please go back and listen to it. Dave and I trying out a new segment that we uh, segment that we titled musical chairs. And basically each week, Dave and I are going to pick up different act artist musician of some sort to to highlight as one of our favorites suggest music uh by them that maybe you haven't necessarily listened to for example i shared that my favorite queen song is actually a song called my melancholy blues which is on the news of the world album and is for my money one of the most beautiful pieces of music i've ever heard in my life freddie at mercury at his absolute best and it got me to got me to thinking about what I wanted to ask out of this question. And it's actually going to be a throwback to a previous question that I asked. Uh, I think Platt and Tony, you both were here for this, uh, this question. Cause it was, I'd asked you guys if there were athletes that aren't with us anymore, that you could have gone back and watched and seen who is it, who is it that you would have liked to have gone back and seen live. And I, I, I have seen queen with Adam Lambert, twice i fully intend if they ever make it back to the states to see them again a third time because they put on a hell of a show and it's terrific but i would be disingenuous if i didn't say that i if i could go back in time and see one act live it would be freddie mercury in front of queen uh and in my opinion fandom notwithstanding freddie mercury is the greatest front man of all time in my opinion, personally and forever. And so my question to you, I actually got to ask two questions of, the, of you guys. One, what is a musical act currently that you would like to see before you, either you or they die? Or, or not or, and what is, if you could go back in time and see any musician that's no longer with us, who would you go back and see? Tony, you're, you're waving your finger, so I'll let you go first.
3: Yeah, I need to see the Foo Fighters. I need to see what Dave Grohl's doing now uh that's most definite Uh, my regret is tom petty came to my city for every fucking summer fest and every fucking summer fest i went i'll go see him next year and then he died and so that is that is the biggest uh it's the biggest thing i can share with you on a personal note and it's my biggest regret musically because everybody else i've pretty much seen that's been alive i've seen metallica i've seen the beastie boys i've seen cypress hills are my big three um and i've seen a whole bunch of other people but yeah uh gotta do the foo fighters next time i get the chance uh so that i don't end up wishing i had seen them like i did tom petty
2: excellent mr platt are you frozen?
3: Yeah, that's a yes. Go ahead, Patrick.
2: glad appears to be frozen. Okay. So I'll, I'll go through a couple. I, I, you talked about people you're thankful that you got to see, um, Neil Diamond is another one of my all time favorite acts. Uh, bah, bah, bah. ever. And I got to see him, uh, about a decade ago. Uh, and I'm glad I did because now he's retired from touring because he has Parkinson's disease. And, um, yeah, he, just, he can no longer keep the schedule. And so I was glad that I got to see him before he passed away. Um, I, I really want to see... Uh, because I think he'll put on a hell of a... Sh- I think he puts on a hell of a show. Like I've seen specials with him as a front. But Bruno Mars um, is somebody I would love to see live and in person because I, I love that his music is a throwback to Motown, to old Motown music, to... Um, like the temptations, uh, to to Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, those those just those great groups from the 60s, 70s, uh, the Jackson Five, like all of that. You can just see that he is steeped and raised in that musicianship, and I, I really want to see him before before he goes. I think the Foo Fighters is another one uh, you you list out there. Dave Grohl, by the way. It just, he's a, he's a genius. Like when you really look at his career and, and wh- how he kept it going after, after, you know, the passing of Kurt Cobain, which by the way is the act if I could go back in time and go see Nirvana. I never saw Nirvana um, seeing Kurt Cobain and Nirvana in person. I would have been an experience unto itself and Elvis Presley um, because regardless of how you feel about Elvis's music, that man, that man put on a show.
3: Well, uh, if you're going to talk about somebody putting on a show, I would, I would say James Brown as well. Then,
2: Oh yeah. James Brown. Absolutely. Um, Michael Jackson. Well, uh, yeah. Actor notwithstanding. 100%. I seen Michael Bolton. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, here's oh you, oh, you want to talk about a guilty pleasure one though that um, Craig Demarco and I ha- have have talked about trying to go see Barry Manilow. We 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 when I was in when I was in Vegas when I went out and we hung out in Vegas. We we tried to see because Barry Manilow was playing near us but he was he was like off during the time that i was there
3: i think he has a residency there for certain months yes yeah. yes yeah he has a gigantic following uh my uncle was a gigantic barry manilow fan and uh the music is just it's superb i mean you you just have to you know know what genre uh, genre I'm having trouble with that word today that you're trying to listen to, right? And you have to let yourself Absolutely. get get into it that way, right? I mean, there's a big difference between listening to uh, Metallica and Tom Petty and the Beastie Boys as much as there's a big difference between listening to Queen and even the Foo Fighters and, and Barry Manilow, right? So it's, it's all in setting 100%. yourself up for enjoyment.
2: And, and Greg DeMarco, I would be remiss if I didn't say this, Lionel Richie. We gotta go see Lionel Richie, um, and in fact, I haven't talked to him about this in a while. But Lionel is actually playing in Vegas in the fall. He's doing a he's doing a month in Vegas. Now I gotta I gotta work with the Mrs. O'Dowd to to get you know gotta get clearance. Like, as much as I joked with with our good friend Platt, who it seems like we have lost on the show. He's efforting.
3: uh... He's having internet problems. He's efforting. My suggestion would be to make it a Mr. and Mrs. O'Dowd and Mr. and Mrs. DeMarco event, and the wives may be much more susceptible to honoring this request.
2: Yeah, if, if I could find a way to unload the little old out, maybe we can make that you happen. just
3: throw them out of the plane in a parachute over Milwaukee and I'll I'll shoot them back up in a rocket on your way back.
2: <laughs> there you go. There you go. So all right. So I'm out of I'm out of response to this. Um we have lost Christopher Platt. Um thank you, Chris, for jumping on the show and answering the Platt signal. We're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here. Tony, why don't you tell everybody where to find you out there in the socials?
3: Yeah. Uh, first of all, you can find Chris at the Real C Platt. Uh, that's the Real C Platt on social media. Obviously, Pot is War, Three Man Weave. You can find me there as well. PC Tony on the social medias. Please continue to listen to Chairshot Radio Network. You can search that Chairshot Radio Network all your favorite streaming platforms. You're gonna get every single podcast we post all week. My goodness, I'm fairly certain there's 21 different podcasts. For the most part every single week so go ahead and jump on that stream we truly appreciate you and i would encourage you to enjoy your week the chair shot way by always using your head
2: absolutely and you can follow me on the twitter at wrestling realist that is at w-r-e-s-t-l-n-g-r-e-a-l-i-s-t of course you already listened to me this morning on chair shot radio with david He catches every monday make sure you listen to chair shot radio every monday through friday as there is something unique and exciting every single morning for you to start your day of course here on bandwagon nerds and then every wednesday with greg demarco and the miranda morales on the babyface heel podcast make sure you also follow the show on at bandwagon nerds we've been doing really well in staying a little bit more active on the social media uh and we really appreciate everybody following us as we try to keep up with that that's going to do it for this week's edition of bandwagon nerds now get yourself out of the basement get some sun Check out The Biggest Weekend in Nerddom, July 23rd. We've got Comic-Con and tons of shows. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the thechairshot.com.
0: Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.